Good afternoon, Patriots, and it is Wednesday, April 27th in the year 2022, and the world is just continuing to spin and spin or something, but it is, it's as crazy as it is every single day, so we come here for sanity, that's all I can say. All right, before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, and you get a good night's sleep by having great products to sleep on, super comfortable products like Giza Cotton Sheets and my pillow classic pillows or my pillow giza cotton pillows all those great things and they're all on sale right now and you can get those sales using your promo code bards if you go over to mypillow.com use your promo code bards anywhere on the my pillow site the frank speech site or the my store site Tr- tremendous savings giza cotton sheet 60% off my pillows down as low as 1998 men's and, w- and women's sleepwear up to 50% off You've got my slippers, 50% off, all sorts of great savings. And of course, my pillow is run by one of America's great CEOs, Mike Lindell. And with every purchase right now, you're going to get a copy of his book, which is his story of going from addict to one of America's greatest CEOs. And that's included in every purchase when you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. So again, head on over to MyPillow.com. If you want to go to the BARDS Nation's landing page, it's our special page featuring all the latest specials and deals. Head over to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS. Use your promo code BARDS and take advantage of the great savings. All right, Patriots. So we have another crazy day. If you've been paying attention at all to what's going on with Elon Musk, that's an interesting whole affair. I'm going to play a four-minute piece here. I want you to hear. This is real interesting perspective on Musk and everything that is going on. 
outcomes. So here's one potential vulnerability for Elon Musk. Two of his companies, Tesla and SpaceX, have close relationships with the federal government. Tesla is dependent on Chinese factories. That's where the batteries come from. Now he's promising to take Twitter into an uncensored social media platform. So that is a huge threat to the governments of both the U.S. and China. What does that mean? Glenn Greenwald has been following this story, knows a lot of the players in it, has been fighting for free speech for a long time. We spoke to Greenwald a couple of hours ago for an episode of Tucker Carlson today coming out tomorrow morning at Fox Nation at 7. And here's part of it. Really interesting. Watch. What do you make of Elon Musk? Do you think he's sincere? You know, Elon Musk is somebody who has grown up in an incredible privilege. So he was part of an extremely wealthy family from South Africa. His father was, you know, a very rich entrepreneur. He came to the United States and he, you know, took that wealth and made it into, you know, into a different universe. I mean, he's, he, you know, there are some kids born into wealth and they just kind of live on their father's accomplishments. He obviously is not somebody who did that. He's created you know, companies that are extremely successful, but he also has had a relationship with the Pentagon and with the security state, yeah. both, both with Tesla and, and, and with SpaceX. And, and um, so he's never really exhibited kind of a dissident mentality before. And with the Chinese government too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he, he has a very good relationship with the Chinese government because that's an important market for, for his companies. So if you say to me, do I see Elon Musk as this sort of rebel who's going to lead a revolution against the you know, hegemonic liberal order, I'm going to be very skeptical, yes. just given <laughs> that up until this moment, we haven't really seen that. We've seen some kind of like trolling behavior, you know, some kind of personality. Uh, he's not Bill Gates, right? He doesn't comport himself as just like constantly closed. You know, he, he has fun as a billionaire, but it's more like tweaking. It's never been like a systemic critique. Now suddenly he's waving the banner of free speech and saying that it's gotten so repressive on the internet. I don't know whether he's authentic or not, but here's what I know. He's the only one of that billionaire class who's saying that and doing something about it at the same time, not just saying complaining, but doing something about it. And either one of two things is going to happen. Either he's sincere and he's going to do it, in which case I think it's one of the most important and positive developments, perhaps in decades, to restore free speech to one of the most important public squares digitally that we have. It'll be an extraordinary reversal of this trend toward tyranny. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that he either isn't sincere or he is sincere and will try, but will fail because of the backlash and the forces amassed against him, which will be extremely significant. In which case, for me, we'll just have the status quo. The status quo <laughs> right. is billionaires censoring the internet. So if he <laughs> fails, we'll just have billionaires censoring the internet and nothing will have been lost. So for me, I only see upside. If he, he, he takes over Twitter with all of this fanfare and all of this talk and threat about bringing back free speech and then fails to do so, he's gonna look like a fraud and a failure. So I'm not so worried that he won't, that, that, his, that he doesn't really harbor that intention and is just pretending to. What I question is whether he's going to be able to, because you can be the richest person on the planet, but if you're trying to take away a weapon from the most powerful institutions on the planet, which is what he's doing, he's trying to remove and take out of the hands 
of the Pentagon, the U.S. government, the Democratic Party, Wall Street, all of these, NATO, all of these institutions of power, an extremely powerful, one of the, probably their most powerful weapon to censor the internet and therefore propagandize huge populations. He's threatening to take that away from them, to allow dissent to flourish, to ideas to be challenged. You think they're going to just let him waltz in and take that from them without? No, they won't. And so now it's time to pray. Heavenly Father, we gather here today just to once again come to you to reflect very deeply on the state of the world and the challenges that we have before us. Father, one thing we are becoming increasingly clear about is how deceitful our government is and how deceitful it has always been. It has built structures and infrastructures, offering them to look like free platforms, to look like offerings for betterment of governance, betterment of liberty all along, building in the back doors, the back ends, to give control to them and to strip away our freedoms, to strip away our sovereignties, and to strip away our God-given liberties. Father, at this point, we just continue to pray that the the masking of all of this will continue to be exposed, that there will be nothing hidden, that all things will be brought to light, that everyone will have to face and address the truth of what our institutions have become. Institutions that are no longer of men or the representative of the people, but institutions now that have become the instruments of control by a very elite and very defined elite at that that for the most part has rejected you, has rejected in love in Christ, and has rejected the very principles on which this nation was built and given to us to steward. Father, we pray for the mercy of this nation, and we equally pray for justice for this nation. This time has come that we must now confront this evil in an unprecedented fashion, that we must stand up to this evil without any hesitation. We must have the courage to do so fearlessly in our heart. So Father, we also pray for the rise of the armies of Gideon and the strength of David and the courage and ruthlessness of Joshua. The need to fight these and this enemy to crush them decisively. This is a time, Father, that we are seeing how deep this deceit runs. This is a deceit that truly corrupts not only us in all that we do in trying to marginalize our relationship with you, but it is seeking out to destroy the greatest gift you've given us, which is our children, and equally has mercilessly Without remorse, it has gone after the elderly, our wisdom class, to completely destroy them, gut them, and remove them from this planet, looking at as if they were a burden on institutions which they created, which we fund. Father, we've lost the moral center of our world. We've lost the compassion. We've lost the empathy. And we've done so because we have been so much under their will, under the pressure of the worlds that they've created, that we've accepted unsadly by our own free will, that we have drifted away from the true center of what it is to be human. Father, we pray and ask for mercy for all of us, and we pray for forgiveness and to repent before you for those decisions that we have made that have taken us away from that center point of the love of Christ and the love of our neighbor. Father, these are... These are things now that the burdens that we carry were burdens that we earned to a large degree. 
And so again, we pray for forgiveness and mercy for our nations. Yet, Father, we also now want you to hear our hearts that we are ready to stand. We are here to blow the horns and break the pots of light. We are here to heal this land. We are here now to build the bridges and to do what is necessary as you call upon us to crush this evil. On one hand, there is always the place for forgiveness and repentance, but Lord, there must be no tolerance anymore for this idea's of corrupting children's minds, of casting off the elderly as if they're a discarded class and worth nothing. And that, to a large degree, Father, rests with us. And so we equally pray for the many to awaken to the responsibility that you have, that each of us has in nurturing children and protecting the elderly. Each of us has that. Each of us has that responsibility, Lord, to stand boldly in this world, fearlessly with you at our foundation, with Christ in our heart. And too often those things get slid and step aside as we worry about mortgages and car payments and credit card debt. Forgive us. These are not the things that drive this world. They're the things that we've accepted as lures, as traps, as ways to steer us away from the true and intimate relationship with you. So Father, we equally pray now for trust, trust in you, the trust that takes a complete commitment, a letting go of all the worries of this world to put our heart with you, to trust in you in everything, to know that you will deliver what we need. And no matter what hardships we encounter here, they're nothing in the scope of the world that you're offering us, of the inheritance that is offered to us. So Father, again, forgive us and empower us. Hear our hearts as we step into this, that we are truly seeking that out, out, outlandishly deep trust, so powerful, so deep, so profound that we are able to walk in this world without any concern. We've let go of everything around us, let go of the attachments to material things, let go of the attachments to the worries of money, let go of the attachments of what the latest news cycle is or what the latest headline is to simply live in the moment powerfully, purely in our love of you and our trust in you. So Father, We just ask that you'll guide us in this time that we can arrive to seek your face, to seek your heart, to seek that love and intimacy with Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We have a lot to work on when we look at the craziness of this world. The interesting thing right now and and why I brought the Twitter thing up is what was said at the end of that interview. And it's very profound when you consider it, that Twitter is now being talked about in economic circles. These are not people that you would consider Q-ish. They're not people that are awake by a normal standard. But this is an, an analyst who's obviously very awake, but looking at Twitter as a weapon system that was deployed that was, has always been an Intel gathering platform. That was how it was engineered because it, it was developed by DARPA. But at that it was put before us as a private offering when in fact, as the details start to emerge, we're beginning to understand that it was never truly a private offering. It was a public-private offering, meaning that on the back end, it had servers and massive server systems that the government was tied in with. And they probably put that through several cutout companies and shell companies. But nonetheless, it has always been an instrument used 
to monitor, to influence, and to brainwash the public, to shape the news. So it is when Grinwald was talking about what he was saying is that it's a threat both to the Chinese government and the United States government. That should shake everybody to realize what he just said. That means these two governments are in collusion completely with one another from our Pentagon, Department of Defense, DARPA, every agency in our government, all the way over to the other side of the, that pond, the Pacific pond, with the CCP and all of its agencies to collect, to collate, to process, to identify, and to control people. And Twitter was seen as, is seen as one of the primary weapon systems to do this. Facebook as is still important, but it's very passe. People aren't as consumed in Facebook as they used to be. But Twitter, and this also shows just the obsession with Twitter. I hear this all the time in the lately in the conservative movement. Everybody's so eager. It's like they're missing a part of themselves in being on Twitter. And it's sad to see this because digital media should not have that much control over us. Our relationship needs to be in the real world. Our relationship needs to be with Father. Our relationship needs to be with Scripture. Our relationship needs to be through the love and the power of all of that worship that comes into this world, not through the the daily new tweet feeds and all these other things. I mean, they're a, they're a part of our life, but they shouldn't control our life. And if we, when we start to see the obsession of people, this obsession around Elon Musk is stunning to me. And it's on both sides. The left is losing its mind and the right is losing its mind. Not everybody, but the, this like right thinks that Elon Musk is going to be the great savior to save Twitter as if it's going to save the world. And while it's Twitter is an important information platform, what goes on in the real world in the ground on the ground is what's really changing the world. So this is why we go back always to the seven pillars of county by county. A home church changes the world. Homeschooling changes the world. Patriot Gardens, growing your own food, changes the world. Right work, getting away from the dependency on a corporate job, getting into work for yourself, that changes the world. Taking responsibility for your own health, health and wellness, that changes the world. Understanding your, what's going on in your local community, where the influencers are, how to change that informed action, that changes the world. Stewardship and conservation, being careful with what we have, stewarding it well, get allowing God to guide us as everything as we need to, that changes the world. And then if you really want to change the world, and, and everybody made old-fashioned glazed buttermilk donuts, I think we'd actually bring everybody together. That and a slice of bacon, I think we would literally like bring unity to the entire world. Right there, it'd just be like, What's what? What are you doing today just to save the world? I'm making I'm making some buttermilk donuts, man. Glazed donut buttermilk, old fashioned donuts with a side of bacon. <laughs> I think we'd do it. If you're if you're Muslim, you don't have to have the bacon, but you're still going to have a buttermilk old fashioned donut because that's part of the gig. We literally need to we literally need to be looking at these things that bring people together. And that is breaking bread. 
And those are the true actions that bring us together. We have an amazing fellowship here on this platform, which I'm always blessed with, and it, it continues to grow. That fellowship we need to bring into the real world. That means getting our hands dirty in getting into the job. So when I see all this obsession over Twitter, it I just kind of shake my head. You know, it's like, okay. But if you didn't hear this last night, I am going to read to you. Cause they did suspend me for life. I don't know if you know that. That was kind of good. I enjoyed that. I was proud of that moment, actually. So since Elon Musk is now back in, or is now owner of Twitter, I decided to appeal my suspension last night. So I did read this last night, but I'll read this to you again. I sent this over to Twitter last night on my appeal for my, my suspension for life. And it says, this account was suspended because some triggered Twitter employee didn't like the truth. Unlock the account, please. Your new owner won't be happy with your little tricks on censorship. Those days are over. So thank you in advance for bringing back the account with all the followers and tweets. By the way, Jesus is king. If you don't worship him yet, you will. He's coming. And when he does, you will bow at his feet. Just remember that. Even your sins can be forgiven. Not so sure about that, Jack, however. God bless. So I've made my appeal, and we'll see what they say. <laughs> I don't even know Jack's human. Can't be sure about that. Anyway, Patriots, we always got to have a little bit of laughter and poke the bear as much as we can because they're, they're some crazy. But let's, we, we need to go on a national campaign of sharing donuts. That'll bring us together. It will, I swear. Fresh homemade donuts will do it. I'm, I'm serious. But we do need to get, keep this real, and we need to keep, it, keep our hands dirty and getting into the actual action. Social media is a way to connect. Breaking bread is a way to build bridges. And when we put those two together, those are the real change agents of this world. We don't need governments. We don't need a lot of these platforms. They're convenient for people, but we don't need a lot of this. We need central places to connect, like I said, but the governments are there to disrupt us, not there to help us. Politics are there to dissuade us from doing the right thing too many times and to lie to us so that we'll believe their lies and then not, and then just go about our merry way. Politics are the distraction. They're the karaoke kabuki theater. And they go out there before us and they try to keep people distracted while the corporate monsters do their thing. And there are some serious corporate monsters. And as they try to, all of them, dissuade us from actually waking up, prevent us from waking up and realizing who we truly are. We are God's children. We are of royal blood. And we have, we have been given the dominion over all evil. Let us never forget that. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us, so keep your prayers up and talk to him. Tell him what you need. Listen to what he has to say. He's got a lot to give. God's never going to forsake us. And in the end, God will always win, but we are here in this time, in this place, 
fearlessly for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push.
we climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.